found it. This is the Tidbits Podcast with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. It is a Tuesday edition of Tidbits, the 16th day of May. Here we are, ready to roll. Matthew, good morning to you. Yes, good morning, Dale. Good to see you as always. And um, Same. <laughs> now, it says we got the possibility we could see some rain through the morning. To early afternoon. My okay. My forecast is nothing of rain. Nothing. And yet you look at radar, and yeah. it looks like rain is knocking on the door. Okay. So I guess mine's more accurate than <sighs> yours. So knock, knock, knocking on Logan's door. That's right. That's that was a big hit. It was a big hit. If uh, you know, we're less than two weeks away from Memorial Day. Two weeks yesterday would have been Memorial yeah. Day. Yeah. The uh, weekend's already shaping up to be busy. At airports, it's likely to be busier than it was in 2019 pre-pandemic, according to AAA. They expect 42.3 million Americans to travel 50 miles or more from home over the holiday. That's a 7% increase over last year, or 2.7 million more people. They say that's a sign of what travelers should expect this summer. So if travel's up, then that means gas prices will stay up because they always say, <laughs> yeah. You know, if, yeah. if demand is lower, then, you know. So it sounds like demand will be high. The senior VP of AAA said this summer travel season could be one for the record books. Wow. Especially at airports. Air travel is expected to be up by 11% over last year, with 3.4 million people expected to fly over the holiday weekend. That figure exceeds 2019 levels by 5.4%. Now, my question is, the economy's not good. No. People are pension pennies. Right. How do you have the dough to travel? It just... Uh, are you going into debt doing it? Are you? Are you? You know, that says it could be the busiest at airports since 2005. And air travel certainly isn't inexpensive. No. Do people normally go somewhere like that on Memorial Day? I mean... Doesn't seem like it does. It doesn't seem like it's always a in this neck of the woods. A big giant travel, yeah. you know. Yeah. Maybe you'd hop in the car and go someplace. Go someplace, maybe a but picnic or seems like most people around here just kind of stay locally and go to somebody's house or do a cookout or yeah. whatever. So I don't know. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> no doubt about that. We were planning our summer, and uh, we have a big trip for the fall plan. And so we're, we are not really doing a whole lot this summer yeah. um, in anticipation of the big fall trip. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I'm i not even sure yet that I get off Monday. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've heard nothing. <laughs> Have you? I, I haven't. You know, I, I'm assuming. But, I would assume uh, you know, we I, will be off. I but. don't know. You know, but... Um, I know I received a live copy read that would include Saturday of that weekend. I well, someone's in for personally. I'm not planning on working <laughs> on the routes on Saturday. You know, so I don't know. I huh? So all right. I guess we'll see. It says as Bud Light continues to face backlash over its controversial partnership. We all know the story. Yes. Miller Lite is facing heat from its own critics over a recent advertisement. So everybody, time to pick on everyone. So everyone's in trouble now. Okay. Miller Lite launched a marketing campaign for Women's History Month back in March. That uh, 
railed against beer ads focused on bimbos and bikinis. <laughs> Miller, <laughs> Miller Lights Women History Month campaign titled Bad Dollar Hashtag. Actually, it's Bad Hashtag. See, that's too good. Yes. Hashtag was posted on March 7th, pledging to clean up the brand's past of sexist ads, objectifying women, instead supporting female brewers by donating fertilizer that they can use to grow quality hops. I have a hop garden in my yard. Big canister of beer down in the basement. In the same... There's a microbrewery down in the... Nice. In the same... March release, it was announced that purchases of Miller Lite products supported a $60,000 donation to the Pink Boots Society. That's Pink Boots. Okay. <laughs> Which aims to assist, inspire, and encourage women and non-binary individuals in the fermented alcoholic beverage industry to advance their careers through education. Critics recently began sharing clips of the video on social media leading the beer brand to trend on Twitter Monday. Let's see if they'll start taking a tumble. Miller Lite maker Molson Coors defended the campaign. They defended it in a statement. The video was about two things. Worm poop. <laughs> and saying women shouldn't be forced to mud wrestle in order to sell beer. Neither of these things should be <laughs> remotely controversial, and we hope beer drinkers can appreciate the humor and ridiculousness of this video from back in March. You can't do anything right. You can't. You, you can't do anything. Anymore, your commercials just need to be like a, your product on a blank table, and that's it. Just 30 seconds. Because you, you probably couldn't even go back to jingles like the old days. Right. And, you know, the live advertisements, you know. Uh, what was it, uh? Blah, blah, tastes good like a pop-pop cigarette should. <laughs> you know, there were cigarette ads, you know. Winston, it was Winston. Winston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, go back to those. <laughs> when I come home after a stressful day, the thing I do, I kick off my shoes and strike up a Winston. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so at least we're not seeing those ads anymore. But uh, my dad smoked when I was a kid. Was it? Winston's. You know, I, I go back over the years. There were issues. You know, the the uh, Frito Bandito. <laughs> okay, that yeah, that was, was. You know, he <laughs> was, he was pulled when things. Went, you know, but it used to be. You know, it was uh, just. You know, it is funny the things that we were like. We just were okay with. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? And now you look back and like, what were we doing? I don't know that I was looking at that as degrading. Well, yeah, you're not Hispanic. I mean, you're not. <laughs> well, not, well, I mean, it could have been anybody. Could have been, it could have been a regular schmo on there. He's a bandito, okay? He wants Fritos chips. And he sang about it. I, 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 I am the Frito bandito. I love Fritos corn chips. I love them, I do. You, don't, you probably weren't around by then. I mean, I remember, I mean, I remember seeing the commercials, you know, but... Yeah, I, he was know, before just, my time. I know, it's just... But, my goodness, you can't say anything, you can't do it. I just, I keep my trap shut. Yeah. 
Are you looking up the commercial? Well, I'm just looking up the... <laughs> and it, you know, it just took, what was it, a couple of years ago that the Cleveland Indians are now the Guardians. Yeah. But you've still got teams that aren't budging, you know? Mm-hmm. And the Cleveland Indians actually were named after a baseball player that played there. Really? He was a ball player. Okay, but uh, it's, I don't know. It's, I guess it's the... It's like a brave, you know, the mechanical, I went to mechanical brave. You're a brave, you know, it's like, man, it's Tex Avery created Frito Bandito. <laughs> You're like, okay, who's that? That's the guy who drew uh, Bugs Bunny, yeah. Daffy Duck, Porky Pig. <laughs> and he designed the look of the Frito Bandito. <laughs> the character's imp- uh, appearance included a sombrero, gun holster, yes. two pistols, a gold tooth, <laughs> stubble, and a long, villainous-looking mustache. <laughs> Mel Blanc voiced the Frito Bandito. I just—I'm laughing because I just remember all of it and all those names and characters. In opposition, oh, sorry, me. The Frito Bandito prompted the creation of advocacy groups. Okay. In opposition to the use of racist stereotypes in advertising, the National Mexican American Anti-Defamation Committee. The NNMAADC uh, and the involvement of the Mexican Americans in gainful endeavors in San Antonio were formed in 1968. The organizations demanded Frito Lay stop using the Frito Bandito, but the company refused, oh. citing a survey they conducted that said 85% of Mexican Americans like the character. Is that right? Although they were able to convince Frito Lay to make the character more friendly looking. They started pressuring TV stations to stop airing the Frito Bandito commercials. The character was discontinued a year later. Okay. So there's the story. But, you know, that I, I, of course, I remember stuff from years ago and can't remember a name 30 seconds from now when I meet someone. But <laughs> you remember you know, just, the Frito Bandito you know, song. I remember Helen Gallagher, you know. Yeah, man, that was, <laughs> that was something else. I can pull them out of the air if it's old. Uh, but... Uh, well, let's see. What else was there? Yeah, Mark Twain, I met him. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, 6.35. More tidbits coming up. This is Tidbits. Welcome back. It's a lovely day. This Tuesday edition of Tidbits. <laughs> Yep. It's uh, the two of your favorite fellows together like That's you right. enjoy on podcasts available. Well, uh, by the way, I forgot okay. to record yesterday. Oh, no. So, oh, that was a good one. We, <laughs> we had no podcast from yesterday. Oh, that was a good one, man. And that was on me. I just forgot to... Uh... Did that tell you about my night yesterday? No, no, I, you didn't. I woke up. Okay. <sighs> Something... I, it annoys me because I, I did the heinous act okay. of sleeping with the window open. All right. And I woke up in the middle of the night, couldn't breathe. Oh, no. Right? <laughs> oh, geez. Woke up at like 1.45 okay. and did not go back to sleep till after 3. All right. That's not, that's not good. Right. Yeah. But I'm like, I wonder if my forefathers, if they had the audacity of sleeping with the windows open, got a sniffle. Now, Probably yeah. not. Now, think back. If you were, if you were traveling the, uh, let's say, the Oregon Trail. In reference from yesterday's program, you had no sinus meds. No, 
What are you going to do? What are you doing, man? Did uh, they have issues back then? Right. Surely people did. Surely people had reaction to stuff around them. You know, pollen and and so forth was even probably more existent. Probably, probably you know, worse yeah. than it is now. Or were they just more attuned to it because they were outside all the time? I don't know. Now, did you have anything to alleviate the issue? Or? Well, I, I mean, yeah, I got, I did some stuff, but I was just not on all cylinders yesterday after a terrible night's sleep. And then, then, then last night, all right, this happened to me okay. last night. All right, last right? night. Last night, I go to bed, and I mean, I am dead, dead to the world, dead asleep. Wake right. up, have to go, have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, you're that age. Middle-aged man. And um, <laughs> it was Matt's seventh trip of the night. <laughs> I got up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and uh, my thought was, oh, geez, I hope my alarm doesn't start going off while I'm doing this. Because that happens sometimes. So it was time for the alarm, but you're Well, okay. It. So okay. <laughs> so I, I get up to go, and I come back, and I, I check my, my phone to see what time it was. <laughs> yeah. It was 1144. <laughs> <laughs> you'd barely, you'd barely, I barely been, been asleep. <laughs> oh, I got to go. <laughs> So I'm like, did I forget to go before I went to bed? I must have. This this is the beginnings of a wonderful relationship for you and your prostate. <laughs> so uh, good times. Good times. This uh So anyway, okay. that, that's been the last two nights okay. for me. It's been very topsy turvy. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, like, you know, my forefathers, if they slept with a window open, did they wake up with a sniffle? I doubt it. Well, they didn't have AC, even in my day. Okay, as a youth, we yeah. didn't have AC. Oh yeah, it was. I told the story <laughs> yesterday. I didn't have an air conditioner in my bedroom until I bought my own in high school. Now, did your parents enjoy air? Oh yeah, we had air in <laughs> downstairs, absolutely. Of course, your parents got a riding lawnmower when you moved. <laughs> no, we always had the riding. Oh, lawnmower. okay, all right. It was the. Oh, it, was the uh, it was the wood pile. It was the wood pile. <laughs> I moved out, and that wood pile got no. My, my dad got a rider when I moved out. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. No, my dad bought a um, a, a snow a snow oh uh, a snow blower. Yeah, snow blower. Because you were the snow shoveler. I was the snow blower, <laughs> and then I moved out. And oh, you gotta love parents. <laughs> this uh, from environmental activist Robin Greenfield has traded toilet paper in for leaves. All right, here we go. He's been wiping with leaves <laughs> instead of uh, toilet paper for a decade now. What? Greenfield uh, first began his journey to uh, quitting toilet paper in 2013 by first using leftover napkins and tissues instead. However, five uh. years ago, he realized that the leaf of a blue spur flower... <laughs> Sounds like we're it was an even better substitute due to its size and shape. Hmm. So he started using it as his permanent solution. Greenfeld said consumption of toilet paper fuels deforestation and massive usage of fossil fuels in transportation. So the message to grow our own at home and find alternatives to consumerism has never been more relevant. So basically, this guy's moved back to the 1860s. Right. Okay. Right. Greenfield says his blue spur flower can be grown in your own backyard 
which means that you theor- theoretically could have toilet paper to last you for your entire lifetime. Nice. That'd be your job in today's world. Matt, yeah, yeah. go get some leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Do you leave them in there by the you know, by the other deforestation magazine rack? Okay. <laughs> you know, it's the deforestation. So, so we can't have toilet paper, but we'll have magazines. <laughs> Uh, now everybody just takes their phone to the crapper, which just is ridiculous to me. I just don't. Why can't you wait till you're out of the bathroom to get back? You used if you were on the crapper back in the day and the phone rang, you were out of luck. You're not going to make it. What's okay. The, what's the surface area of the blue? Of the, okay, you're looking it up. <laughs> like that, it can't be that. Well, toilet paper shrinking. I mean, well, if you don't watch what you're doing with today's toilet paper, you're going to cut your finger, so to speak. Okay. <laughs> What do Greg Toth would say about this? Because what do you do with the leaves? What do you do with the leaves? You're flushing them. <laughs> I doubt it. Because I mean, I can't imagine. No, you're not. You got. Are you just throwing oh, throw them? Throwing them out. Oh. <laughs> you have a crapper waste can yeah, right you got next. Like a, oh. I'm sorry. I bet you do. I bet. I bet he does. I bet he has. I bet he has two in his bathroom. One for leaves. One for not. One for leaves. <laughs> There's probably bats. If any any parent that's listening has ever owned a diaper genie, you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, you you get the vibe of what we're going after. Uh, Diaper genies were the worst. It says that this plant is native to South Asia and Africa. He explained that the plant can't tolerate super cold weather. (laughs) <laughs> but it could be grown in a pot indoors and brought inside when it's freezing out. What do you do when you're out of leaves? Because, you know, eventually you're going to be caught without leaves. <laughs> OK, he says uh, that the plant has a naturally minty scent and described its leaves as super soft and strong. So it's basically the plant life of Charmin. Right. Okay. Right. And you could really use bears in this commercial. Yeah, okay. You could. You, you could. <laughs> this is, he also noted on his website that the plant grows in Florida, many different regions of California, southern parts of South Carolina and Georgia, the Gulf Coast of Alabama, Mississippi and Louisiana, southern Texas and some parts of southern Arizona, New Mexico, and Nevada. So those folks are in luck. If you don't uh Live there like us in Indiana, I guess we'd still have to have them transported to us using fossil fuel. Just got a text. That guy probably doesn't eat chili. Yeah, you know, he probably. <laughs> he probably doesn't. Uh, he probably doesn't go to Taco Bell, you know, where it's. I don't know. I just, I'm sorry. Why do we have to go backwards instead of, you know, forwards when it comes to that stuff? Okay, now I realize there are issues in this world. I know, I know there are. Right. But really? To use leaves? I mean, I don't even know back in the days of the outhouse usage. You know, just, you know, people always talked about using corn cops. Now, come on. Okay? <laughs> it's like, seriously? Or, yeah. you know, or like the Sears Roebuck catalog. You're just ripping the page out and using it. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. Isn't that wild? 
No wonder why you were, your lifespan was 36. Okay? It's like, if you're not hit by a stray bullet walking in Dodge, yeah. you're going to crap out, you right. know, from, you know, wiping in the outhouse. Using corn cobs. <laughs> that, was that, people really did that? I don't know. That doesn't sound right, does it? The Romans had it when they had sponges. Well, yeah. You could wipe your buddy. Sponge on a stick, yeah, and uh, a tertius. That was called a tertius. What? And they, you know, they 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 would share one at the public bath, <laughs> you know. So, and again, the Romans, their average lifespan was twenty six because there was rampant <laughs> disease going on with this sort of thing. So go back ten years to their generation. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to break down and use leaves. I'm sorry. I'm just not. One of the more popular early American wiping objects are you, was the dried corn cob. Uh, now, what do you do with that? A variety of other objects were also used, including <laughs> leaves, handfuls of straw, and seashells. <laughs> uh, I got a sand dollar here. Uh, hold on. What are you going to do with a seashell, Matt? Was that the scraping device? I guess so. I don't get it. A little Ouija, little squeegee down there. Everybody had to have had issues. As paper became more prominent and expendable, early Americans began using newspapers, catalogs, (laughs) and magazines. Now, now I'm presuming we watch these westerns and we we basically say that they're bow-legged from riding horses. Right? Let's rethink this. Now, someone just texted and said. They apparently have experience. The corn cobs are, when dried, are soft. I I will admit to that. But again, you just get it up there and kind of roll it. (laughs) Is it, I mean, is that the, you know, I... I I'm I'm trying to go through the mechanics. And heaven knows you're not going to wash your hands. No, no. I just <laughs> that, that's off the that's completely <laughs> off the table. Just, There's no hand washing here. Hands of straw. <laughs> Did you just grab this before you went in? You're looking around, you know, oh, yeah, whatever right. you can find. I guess. Right. I, I I'm sorry. I'm not using leaves. I'm I I will not use leaves. There you go. Would you? You know, I would try it. I, I honestly, I would try it just to say I did it. All right, here's an okay. Get a separate container, and uh, surely you still got some magazines around the house. Yeah, start using that. Okay. And let's see how it works. Okay. Now, come on, folks. Right. Now, in a pinch, I've used a paper towel. Okay, but it's still. <laughs> but even then, you know, it's like I don't know. It's just. The hull after the grain is removed gets soft. My mom, when she was a little girl, only had an outhouse. There you go. I know. You know, I understand all this. Yeah. You know, it's... um, And they're not pleasant smelling. Okay, you you think you like going to festivals and fairs and what you experienced there. These outhouses Mm. were, you know. Yeah. And they're only dug so deep. Yeah. And it's like the bear that was hiding in one in Alaska. Okay? It's like... <laughs> you got that problem. <laughs> I don't know. Ugh. 
How do we get on this stuff? I guess I ran across you, it because he's you, a naturalist. You went there. I, it's just we can't grow it here, so it wouldn't. I guess well, we, we could put it in a pot and leave it. Yeah. You know. And how many? How many is that going to produce? Oh, are your pets going to eat it? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Frisky, <laughs> Frisky <laughs> ate the leaves, Ma. Mr. Bittens ate all. <laughs> all right. It's just, I don't know. I remember, you know, I guess, because I sang this this rhyme back in the day, Stranded, because this was from, there, there was a series on TV. It's called Branded. Had Chuck Connor in it. And see, I remember all this. <laughs> Branded was the name of it. And I had this uh, stranded, stuck to the toilet bowl. What do you do when you're stranded and you can't find a roll? You know you're a man if you have to use your hand. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Uh, We'll end on that bright note. And uh, (laughs) this really went downhill in a hurry. Today, today. yeah, today we're. Why did you record this one? I I don't know. You should. Perhaps we'll have an accident in the tape room. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we will. <laughs> I'll, uh, but now we're getting all sorts of people texting in their, their two cents about this stuff. Bats like to hide in the outhouse. One scared me once. Did you hear about a voyeur that was hiding in an outhouse? See? Like he got under it and watched. Now, come on. That's... You have nothing better to do but... Dig a hole, okay, and go in there. I I don't know, Matt. It's I, just... I know. So there you go, tidbits for this Tuesday. I'm sorry, folks. We... <laughs> <laughs> you know, but <laughs> these are things that need discussed. I guess you know in today's I world, so. you know, yeah, with the issues of trees, yeah, and fossil fuels and so right. forth. So I'll uh, see you tomorrow. All right, see you, buddy. All right then. This has been Tidbits with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We appreciate you listening, and we ask that you consider subscribing, leave a comment, leave a like, and thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you again next time on Tidbits.